It is Thursday, January 28th, and with the Senior Bowl only a couple days away, we've gone through just about the whole week of practice at this point now. We figured we were going to step up a little bit of our draft talk, and we do have a special guest in with us today. Mark Schofield and I are here as always, but we also do have Shane Alexander here, and we are going to be digging through his initial mock draft for Inside the Pile on his pre-Senior Bowl mock draft. He's going to be updating it pretty shortly afterwards as we start to really get into draft season. Uh, before anything else, have to welcome in my co-host, as always, Mark Schofield. Mark, how are you? Doing well, my, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And Shane, how about you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. It's, uh, it's good to be a part of the podcast as an official Inside the Pylon member now. It's good to have you here, man. I got I to gotta say, right from kind of day one, it's like you fit in just like you'd been here just about forever. Yeah, you guys, like from, from the outside looking at I was like, those are you know, a cool bunch of guys. And then I get on that Slack app and see behind the curtain, so to speak. And uh, You're like, those guys aren't that cool. Exactly. He's like, what did I get myself into? I was in over my head. But no, seriously, it's, it's, uh, it's good just to chat with you guys you know, on a day-to-day basis and learn some of the best convo, I think, happens on that app. And uh, if the rest of the public can see it, I think they'd be better for it. Yeah, I think so. And we, uh, as you know, we try to publish some of those sometimes when we feel we have, uh, you know, some pretty interesting conversations going on. But I want to talk to you a little bit just about, uh, you know, everyone does a mock draft. Everyone does them in their own way. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your process just before you even start ranking in terms of how do you really even get started? Because I look at it and I say, holy smokes, you've got, you know, 31 picks this year in the first round. How, how do you even start to figure it out? Where, where do you start? It really starts in the offseason. Um, usually in that dead period after the draft and before preseason football, um, you really have a chance to look at who was good last year, who should be coming into their own this year. Um, you talk with other people in the community, kind of you know gauge the temperature, so to speak. And you know coming into August, probably you know 20 to 30 guys that will be in the contention for the first round. Then as you go through the season, guys fall off. You know, we see guys, uh, Jalen Curse for the uh, Clemson safety. He was a guy that some guys thought was going to be top 10 pick. He may not even go in the first two days now, right? So he's going to slide down. Uh, and then you have guys that really slide up the board. For instance, Kevin Dodd, his teammate defensive end. He wasn't even really that highly recruited, you know, didn't really have a breakout year until this year, but then all of a sudden this guy looks like a first-round edge player, so he's really jumping up. So you move guys up and down, but then, you know, when you get into the offseason, it's it's easy to, you know, say, I think this guy's a top-20 pick, or I think this guy's a, you know, first-round pick. But then when you get to writing names down on the list, you know, it becomes a lot harder to say, you know, wow, I think this guy's that good. So then you have to kind of, you know, scrutinize positional value, and some of that is subjective. I think everybody has positions they like more than others or that they're better at than others as far as scouting. But, you know, I think that the community is so big and so knowledgeable at this point that you really have a good idea of, you know, what the temperature is amongst not only the amateur scouts, but like also the NFL. So the way that I like to mock um, is I like to say, I think these guys are going to go in the first round. Now I need to figure out what I think would be the best fit based on the information that we've heard because I have no inside knowledge. You know, I'm not a soothsayer, but I try to mock realistic. You know, there may be some guy I really think is a sleeper, but I'm not going to put him in the first round because my job as an informant, you know, informative scout is to is to give the public uh, realism, and so that's what I go for is you know what I think is going to happen uh, within the context of you know what I would like to see happen. So. 
I, I guess when you're starting to try to match players up then in that first round, are you looking in terms of scheme, in terms of need, a combination of those two things? Absolutely right. So the, you really want to say, would this player fit this scheme? Because you're not going to put a guy on a team. For instance, the Green Bay Packers, You know they're very strict, especially uh, on the defensive side of the ball, about uh, measurements, excuse me. You're not going to put a 5'9 cornerback in the first round uh, on the Green Bay Packers. So scheme fit is, is very important. Um, you also look at you know, team need, and team need can somewhat be subjective. Um, and that's when you really try to read. You know, Twitter is a great avenue with so many quotes um, from uh, player personnel guys within the league, general managers and coaches. You try to read the tea leaves. I, I use that phrase a lot. The best thing you can do is just read the tea leaves and say, you know, it seems like they're talking about this position more than others. So if they're talking about X position, then you go look at those players that are first-round quality, and then you look at the players that are first-round quality, you take it a step further, you say, now which one of these players fit that scheme? Um, so, you know, it can be a really detailed process. It really is a detailed process. And I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but I've talked with Mark uh, about doing like a mock war room, and I think that is – Maybe the coolest uh, appeal to me as far as the NFL draft goes is what goes on in the war room because I'm sure it's extremely meticulous because when I'm writing it myself, I'm just one man, but I make that exercise extremely meticulous. Well, doing the mock war room is something that we're definitely going to roll out during this draft season. Uh, I agree with you, Shane. I think it's a great way to kind of approach it and give a sort of different sort of spin on the whole mock draft, draft coverage process. But Digging into your mock for a bit, let's start with that first overall pick. You've got t- Joey Bosa going to Tennessee. It's a pick that I think makes a lot of sense, but Tennessee's a team that got a lot of needs. Were there other players that you pick, kind of thought about at that position or that draft pick, and who were those guys, and what were your thoughts in that pick? Yeah, I know the you know maybe the sexy pick right now for number one is Laramie Tunzel, and certainly if that's the pick, you really can't knock it. He's one of the most surefire day one you know, 10-year pro left tackles that come out in the last four or five years. Um, but the way I look at it is you can find value at tackle, um, especially the way they're picking this year. They're going to be picking 33rd. There's going to be a tackle in that range, I think, that could fit what they need, maybe even a right tackle if they want to stick with Taylor Lewan at left tackle. I look at Joey Bosa, and this is my third year scouting uh, publicly, I should say, and he's going to have the highest grade as long as he doesn't absolutely um, – you know, fall all over himself at the combine. He's going to be the highest rated player I've ever had. I, his tape, he's at a premium position. Um, all he does is is make stops, not just getting to the quarterback, making turnovers, forcing turnovers where maybe he's not the direct cause but the indirect cause, but also in the run game. He is just a solid football player, and the Titans are a bad football team with a lot of holes. So my job would be to find the best player at any position um, but especially a cornerstone position like defensive end, um, he would fit right into that scheme. I think, you know, is he a 15, 20 sack a year guy? I don't know. But I look at him as at least a plus version of Chris Long uh, for the St. Louis Rams. And uh, I think he would just be a force, you know, for the next 18 years there. So it was an easy call for me to go Bosa. But if you had a guy like Laramie Tunzel, or maybe they went, you know, kind of um, out of left field and went Jalen Ramsey. Historically, you don't see a safety go that high. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't hate the pick, so to speak. But I think Bosa, if I was a general manager, he would be the guy that I would just run to the podium and, and make the call. 
Shane, uh, talking about uh, premium positions here, and, and really I want to look at a position actually that I think in recent years has almost become the opposite of that, and that's running back. And in your mock, the only running back that I see in the first round, I believe, is uh, Ezekiel Elliott going 18th to the Colts. And in particular, you know, we talk about running backs and how much variation there is from team to team. How hard is it just to even mock a running back to a team in this day and age? It's very hard. And I'm sort of a, um, a mid-round running back uh, apologist. And uh, I know our friend Dan Hatman caught some slack about his uh, Derrick Henry report. He put out a report saying he thought Derrick Henry was more of a mid-round guy. And if you look at that out of context, you think, well, that's foolishness. But, but Dan really broke it down and, and elaborated, and it made a lot of sense. I'm the same way. When I was making this mock, I toiled over where to put Zeke Elliott because I know he's going to go in the first round. So my duty is to put him in the first round and figure out you know, which three or four teams could really use him and which three or four teams would take him at proper value. Uh, he was the player I told over the most because I know he's going in round one. I just don't know where to put him. I looked at four to Dallas, and I thought, no way, that's you know way too high. I thought 14 to Oakland, but then they have Latavius Murray. Um, I, would, I don't think I would like the Colts to draft Zeke Elliott because I think they need offensive line or defensive heavy help, um, and they can manufacture offense, especially with Luck as a quarterback. But it is hard in this day and age. I know Derrick Henry and, and Ezekiel Elliott are both running backs probably are going to go in that top 40 range, and I really think Ezekiel Elliott will go more in that 15 to 20. But it is hard, especially this draft. And if you look, uh, and I'm not going to just you know take everybody's time by naming off the teams, but look at the teams that pick after like 15. Not a lot of those teams need a running back, so you can't just force that guy in there. What I think is going to happen with Zeke Elliott is either A, he's going to have a really good combine, and he's going to go in that top 14 range, or B, he's going to start to slide down just because of his position, and you may see a team trade back up into the first round to take him. That way they lock up a young running back, 20 years old, he's the youngest running back in the class. They lock him up for that fifth year by drafting him in the first round, but um, it is hard. Running back is, is probably the hardest spot to mock because – a player may be worth a first-round talent, you know, first-round grade in a vacuum, but it's so hard to take them there um, in today's football. Shane, another name that kind of jumped out at me going through your mock was Miles Jack, the UCLA off-ball linebacker. You've got him to New Orleans at 12. He's a guy that I think is kind of – divided the draft community a little bit. There are some people that are really high on him. There are others that don't really see where he fits in in a defensive scheme. He obviously had the knee injuries as as well. What were your thoughts when you put him to New Orleans at 12, and what do you think personally about Jack as a football player? I hate the Jack towards ACL. I mean, that's an obvious statement, but more than just tearing his ACL and risking never getting back, he missed some really important football. You know, he's a true junior that split time on the offensive side of the ball, so it wasn't like he had heavy snaps on defense all three years at UCLA. The athleticism kind of speaks for itself. You put on the tape and you're like, my gosh, this guy was made to be an off-ball linebacker. But he's a really raw football player. He's still growing in his position. He's never been there full-time. And um, I worry that there's going to be some translation issues initially. I think if you put him in a really good system, uh, Minnesota would be an excellent system at 23, but I don't think he lasts there at all. Um I had a hard time mocking Jack, too. It's, it's funny you, you bring up Zeke and you bring up Jack because you just don't know right now. A, we don't know his medicals. I'm not privy to that. You know, He may get to the combine, and it may be you know a nightmare. Or he may get to the combine, and he looks like a new man, like you know Adrian Peterson from a few years ago. Uh, I would say he's a space linebacker, an off-ball linebacker. So you have to draft him in that context. If you, you know, 
He's not going to be a Sam, I don't think. He's going to be this new age of a wheel-slash-strong-safety hybrid where you can play him out in space a little bit. Um, but he does show willingness to, to come downhill. He's a super stout kid. And I think his draft range probably starts anywhere between 7 and San Francisco, anyway, uh, anywhere between 7 and 17. That may be a little bit high from where I would take him, but just based on everything I'm hearing, I think he'll go somewhere between uh, the 49ers and the Falcons. Now, when we talk about the uh, you know the early part of this draft here, uh, second pick that you have in this first mock that you've done, Jared Goff, quarterback from Cal, and you know obviously we talk about blending need versus talent versus scheme, and when we talk about this potential pick of Goff to the Browns, what do you think is the most compelling reason for that? Is it need? Is it the talent that actually matches up with the draft position? Or is it just such a good scheme fit that they can't pass it up? What do you think? I think the first is you know, quarterback. You're going to make an excuse to find a quarterback. And Hugh Jackson needs to find his guy. The Browns, more than any franchise in the NFL, need to find their guy. And so quarterback is going to be forced up no matter what the name was. Um, how Jared Goff ended up at two in my mock was I looked at the first factor I just said they're going to reach for a quarterback or they're likely to reach for a quarterback Um, so if they do who's the hot name as I was typing this mock Jared Goff was the hottest name amongst the scouting community like I said before I'm going for realism everything I'm hearing from the higher up scouts is that that Goff probably going to be QB1 this is before the Carson Wentz hype that has taken off in the last 10 days Um, so Browns draft a quarterback at two because they need one, and they draft Jared Goff because he's the it name among scouts. Now, if I could you know, parenthetically interject my personal opinion, I want him to wait. I think a guy like Car- uh, Connor Cook, um, Paxton Lynch maybe, if, if scouts are kind of lower on his mechanics, a quarterback is going to be there at 32. And um, a brilliant thing for them to do would be to try to trade down from – pick two, and then trade back up and pick from pick 32 so they can get back into the first round and get that fifth year for their quarterback. I would look at Bosa if he fell to two, DeForest Buckner, the uh, five-tech out of Oregon, or maybe even Laquan Treadwell or Jalen Ramsey. They need good football players too. But like I said at the beginning, teams will talk themselves into a quarterback, and uh, I know we've all had discussions about what we think should happen there. Right now I got golf. Would I be surprised if it was Wentz or Lynch? I wouldn't, um, especially after Senior Bowl week. Well, let's let's go to Wentz right now. Since you said that is the kind of the hot name right now, it all kind of kicked off last week with the Shrine game, and our friend Jeff Risden put out that tweet that said, "Don't be surprised if Wentz isn't even there at four. Um, he's down here in Mobile for the Senior Week right now, and gotten off to a pretty good start, at least as far as Tuesday's practices went. You have him at least in this mark." You've got him going to the Denver Broncos at 29, which is, in terms of a scheme fit, I think absolutely brilliant, and I completely agree with you on that. But do you think that, like others do kind of in the community, that now, okay, Wentz won't even be there at 29, might not even be there at 9? Absolutely, right. So the two things I'll never like, – one of the things I'll never do in my mock is make fake trades. I, I don't – there's just no way to know. So when I do a mock, I try to just slot a quarterback in in a vacuum. So it – when I did this last week, I got to Denver, and I was like, that makes a ton of sense. Um, but no, now I, I just can't see him falling to Denver. It would be a perfect marriage with, with Peyton leaving and Osweiler sort of being you know, up in the air about what he is as an NFL quarterback. I think it would be a great fit. But it seems like, based off what we're hearing, unless this is a massive overcorrection from some of the higher-up scouts who kind of catch on these guys later in the process, 
it seems like he's going to stick in that mid part of the first round. So Browns at two, maybe they talk themselves into it. The Cowboys at four, you know Jerry Jones will talk himself into any kind of player as long as that's his guy, right? And then Chip Kelly at seven. We've heard that he liked Kaepernick and Gabbert. We heard that before he took the 49ers job, uh, there was a couple of tweets put out that said he really emphasized, you know, could Kaepernick be a part of the, the future there? We don't know if that's sure or not, but if he's if he's not sure on one of those two guys, you know, I could see him falling in love with a guy like Wentz who's 6'5", 230, a true 6'5", 230, as he waited in the day and can really kind of move the pocket. Um, in the ideal world, yeah, he'd end up being Peyton's replacement in Denver, but it seems like that hype train is really rolling. He's going to go in that top half of the first round. Looking at that top half of, of the first round, we've talked about this a little bit, especially with that top 10. There are a number of teams that have most of the pieces, but they could get that quarterback of the future. I mean, you look at, you know, even San Diego at three, Dallas at four, Baltimore at six, Miami maybe at eight, New York Giants at 10. There are teams that yeah, they've got some needs, but they could also get that next guy. Is that possibly a precursor to seeing some of these quarterbacks get drafted a little bit earlier than you even have mocked here? Absolutely. That's the thing we don't know is that what those teams' opinion are of their uh, incumbent. We don't know how much longer Philip Rivers, you know, is going to last. We don't know about Eli Manning or, or Ryan Tannehill's future long term, and we know what they're going to be in 2016. But we don't know the uh, upper management's opinion. You know, I don't know if the Chargers would be best suited to go get a quarterback based off of how public Philip Rivers' kind of extension uh, was. I think they should try to reload one more time. And in a West, an AFC West, it's going to be changing a little bit. Go for it. So I would use that three pick to, to draft a, a day one starter. But you know, you can talk yourself into a quarterback. I'm, uh, I'll say that a lot this this draft process. But uh, you know, Tannehill at, at Miami, um, that's an interesting spot to look. I don't think they draft one in the first round. But uh, I know you and I have talked. Um, you know, in other platforms, them drafting one on day two would make a lot of sense. But but yeah, exactly. Um, the Giants at 10, that's somebody. We don't know how much longer uh, the Eagles are going to ride with Sam Bradford at 13. And then the thing that I think is really interesting is uh, the Saints dynamic. Yeah, they drafted uh, Garrett Grayson last year, but if they blow this thing up after 2016 and Sean Payton were to leave and Drew Brees were to be gone, you know, would they really want to ride with Garrett Grayson or would they look at a Paxton Lynch or a, a Connor Cook and say, hey, this guy has a lot higher ceiling and a lot higher floor. Let's go get our quarterback of the future. You know, that's something that you can never predict because on draft day, you know, those emotions get going and, and maybe a team um, takes their quarterback of the future. Great stuff, Shane. And uh, obviously I know we're going to be uh, following you as we, uh, we get this draft updated as we get closer to there. So we'll definitely uh, make sure we loop you back in as your updates come through. But uh, we're out of time today, but I know we're going to be seeing you down in Mobile on Friday, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. So unfortunately, I can't be down there all week, but I'll be down on Friday, and uh, I'll be at the game on Saturday. And so um, we'll definitely get together on Friday and and, uh, and have some fun. Outstanding. Sounds great. We will catch you in a couple days, couple days then to all of our listeners. We'll be back here tomorrow with a special coming to you from Mobile, Alabama, actually, on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, Shane Alexander. We'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow.